and Find with Dr. Mark Rivera, where we break down issues of religion and faith to help gain a better understanding of the sacred and secular. In this episode, we'll explore the impact of dogma on spiritual growth. Dr. Rivera will share his insights on how strict adherence to religious dogma can create barriers to personal and communal spiritual growth. But all of this sounds very technical and a bit confusing. What is dogma exactly? Where do we get the structure of religion from? Better yet, what is God's religion? Dr. Mark Rivera, what inspired this discussion we're about to have about religion and the impact it can have on people? I'm almost tempted to jump right into that question. <laughs> what is God's religion? My mm. goodness, what what an opening that would uh, you know would open a lot of things as far as our thinking and, and all of that. But this really stems from um, conversations that I've had, and I'm sure others have had, with people with regard to how church has impacted them. And I don't mean impacted them. In fact, let me back up. Not church, but their experience in faith, mm. whatever faith tradition they might be. Uh, has impacted them, negative or positive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Usually when it's a positive experience, people are drawn more to that place of faith. In in the case of um, the work that I do, it's a church. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when the impact is negative, what it does, it it repels them actually. Mm. And you'll hear, and I've heard it through the years, is people talking about church injury and, you know, how they were mistreated spiritually, not physically or anything like that. Uh, but uh, but but uh, spiritually, or how um, questions that were posed, innocent questions in the sense of out of curiosity, rather than answered, you know, they were they were they caused a, a, even more confusion in the person's eye, and so that's where this whole the thrust of what we want to do today in this podcast that's where it comes from, and then the result that I've seen through the years in, in people that have gone through that is first of all it, it's you know it's sad that they had to go through that. But the end result is that rather than than blame the religious leader or the religious institution for causing this kind of confusion in their lives or even injury in their spirit, um, um, they end up blaming God. And, and, and I'm not here to defend mm. God. God can defend himself very well, but, mm. but it's an unfair thing, not just in their quest toward getting closer to God, but also in their own spiritual growth, which refers exactly to what you were talking about in the, in the introduction. And, uh, and 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 so much of that is, you know, there's some technical terms like you have mentioned before, even even the term dogma, which we can unpack a, a bit more. But it's more the consequences of of of, of things that were uh, imposed on people. That really, when you analyze them to a further depth, that is not what God is about. Mm. That is not what God is expecting. That is, it might even be a poor interpretation of, in our case, scripture. And a poor application that has caused, rather than liberation, it has caused more captivity in the hearts of people. And then human beings, what we do is when we're injured that way, we might appear on the outside like we're okay, and we're still friends and everything, but there is a distancing that incur, that occurs uh, in their quest for spirituality, in mm-hmm. their quest for faith, in their quest of belief. And I'm talking about belief in God, because as I've said in previous podcasts, everyone has a a side, a hunger, a yearning inside for something larger than themselves. That's why they come to church. That's why they go to a religious place. Uh, that's the, the, the innately. That's already inside of a human being. But there's a huge distance between that feeling 
and something occurring in a place of spirituality that would enhance that feeling, make it grow or develop it, as we said in the introduction, or hurt it and stifle it from growing. And that's where we need to go. That's exactly where we need to go because there's, there's too many people out there, even if it's just a handful, to me that's too many, that are walking around with valid um, injuries and complaints that they were hurt in this way, they were taught in this way, and it wasn't in their world. God, it doesn't equate to God. Mm. The sad part is that then they're, you know, uh, they're they're actually distancing themselves from God, but in reality, it's the church that did it wrong, the, the church leader that did it wrong, and I don't think that it was done intentionally wrong. But sometimes back to to dogma, but you know that that belief that what I have discovered is the truth, and then I'm going to impose and use my authority to impose that belief on someone because they don't know and I do and I do know. Yeah. That's what dogma fuels inside of individuals, inside of institutions. And before you know it, there's this big distance, you know, like the Grand Canyon between a person's um, quest for uh, arriving in a relationship with God or a connection with God and then um, the feeling that they have right now of actually pulling away because of what they said about Right, right. So it sounds like the inspiration for this topic is really people having some sort of negative experience with perhaps a religious institution or the people who represent that religion. And instead of pointing at dogma, they point at God as, oh, this is why I don't believe or this. And then it ends up basically the end result ends up being, like you said, this almost Grand Canyon distance, spiritual distance between you and and God because of that experience. Yeah, and the other thing too then, uh, unfortunately, we start laying blame. Oh, mm. it's that he wasn't ready. It was that she wasn't ready. They weren't mature enough to handle this. Mm. You know, they, they would still have to be drinking baby milk. That That's the way, that's a cop-out in my view. Mm. I think if we really are honest with ourselves, um, you know, we have to be careful that we, we teach and live what we really believe and not what someone imposed on us. And we have a lot of that going on now. You mm. know, we, we, we talk... Uh, the last session or one of the previous sessions about the whole thing with women in ministry, for example, and right. how that became dogmatic, really, in some circles, and still that's is. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And still is when when you start looking at it honestly, rather than with your own already a concrete. Because here's what happened when you're dogmatic. When you're dogmatic, you'll read scripture, but you already have in you a conclusion mm. before you even start reading. Yeah. You know, and in 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 seminary that's called eisegesis. What you're doing is you're reading the intent already rather than allowing the intent to be lifted from the text. Eisegesis is what that's Eisegesis. called. Eisegesis. What okay. did I say? Did I say? No, no, I'm just oh, I, I've I'm never go. heard of this. I'm eisegesis. not a theologian like okay. you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought maybe I said something else because I was I was thinking of food. So when I said eisegesis, I must I may have said something. I was like icicles or something like that. Thinking of a, <laughs> so, so, yeah. Eisege- uh, exegesis is lifting the intent from scripture. Okay. Reading it from as, as neutral a place as you can be because we, we all come with stuff. Right. So uh, exegesis is lifting the intent uh, of the author and then getting meaning and significance that can be applied to your life or that you want to apply. Yeah. Jesus is coming already with conclusions already made. Mm. Almost trying to find a, a doctrine that aligns with what you already believe. Correct, correct. Okay. Correct, and then the the proper way, and usually I said Jesus hurts because you you're not you're not looking for truth. You're trying to construct tr- truth, and you can't construct truth. Cru- truth just is, mm. and so when you're reading scripture, you can't go in with intent. You have to come with a neutral place. Now it's that's a hard discipline. It sounds easy when I explain it like that, but it's a hard discipline to have to not read. For example, if I'm reading scripture or any one of us. We can't read it, read it from a male perspective. We can't mm. read it from an urban perspective. We have to try and neutralize those those 
those inclinations um, because otherwise we're going to then interpret the text that way. And it's so it's very difficult. It's easier to explain it, but hard to actually practice. But that takes us to another place that depending upon how you interpret the text, mm. right, then that's where religion comes in. And religions, whatever they may be, they can be very, very dogmatic. And they get so ingrained that regard, they even get to a point that regardless of what new discovery they have with Scripture, they'll still try to twist it to uh, hold up or substantiate their own preconceived conclusions. You know, I, I don't know. For example, back to what we were talking in the last one of the previous sessions, the thing about women in ministry. So if that's what you've been grown, if you have, that's how you develop, that's your DNA and all of that, when you read Scriptures, you're going to already come with that inclination in there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But that's a result of, you know, dogma only lives in religion. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. It, it, it lives in religion. I mean, it lives, lives in other circles of philosophy as well. Right. But even philosophy can be determined, you know, can be described somewhat spiritual and, and religious because mm. of, of the very nature of it. Um, so religion is the key. And, you know, God is not religious. You asked the question at the beginning. That's why we say, I said, I wanted to jump in there. God, <laughs> What's God's religion? Can you imagine if God, you know, he said he was whatever label of religion we have right now, then then everybody else would be lost because we have to all belong to that party. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or to that family. Yeah. So God is not, and you know why I think God is not religious? Or not what I think, why I know in my heart I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe there's a listener that would know. <laughs> but um, uh, God didn't invent it. Yeah, it is not religion is not an invention of God. Religion is really an invention of mankind, following that very sincere quest of discovering something larger than themselves. Mm -hmm. So, if you look at the history of mankind, you will find people with this quest. That's our quest of looking into the stars and trying to land on the moon, or it's this quest for the unknown. This adventurous side of humanity takes us then to construct. Uh, a system, because that's what religions are, is a system that will allow me to understand what is under, not understandable, which is God. You know, you can, you can, ne we'll never be able to grapple complete. You will, will wrestle with Him, or we'll wrestle with God, but we won't be totally able. We won't be able to totally comprehend the depth, the the height, the width of of God. We we really won't. But man has these systems and. That's why I'm big on in, in the church that I pastored to talk about more relationship than religion because religion, although well-intended initially, uh, through the years and through the decades and through time, it starts to deviate yeah. and get caught up in very pragmatic rules and regulations and then dogma sets, sets in, which, no, this is the way we've always believed because my father taught me this, my grandfather taught me this, this has been going on, this denomination has been around forever, and this is what we believe, and regardless of how much truth can be extracted from Scripture, this becomes more important than whatever truth is emerging from Scripture. Yeah, as you're talking, and especially coming from your personal experience with your church, I mean, um, I, I did want to address some of some more historical context, but I guess we could circle back to that in a little bit. But based on what you just said now, um, even in your church, right? Your church is going to actually celebrate its 70th, 70th anniversary, right? This year, That's it's been correct. around for a long time. Right, It's gone through a lot of history mm -hmm. and a lot of its dogma has changed, right? I mean, there was a point in time that I'm sure, I mean, when you were younger, legalism came, you know, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that you grew up with that left the church and no longer are part of this church because of that 
legalistic experience that they had. And perhaps, I don't want to speak for them because I don't know exactly what their reasons are, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, deep down inside, are pointing the finger at God when really, was it the rules and dogma associated with legalism that impacted you or was it really God that impacted you? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I, for, well, first, let me say right, right out of the gate to, to respond to what you're just, you just stated. I, although, um, you know, some teachings in the past, you know, I'm talking about way back at the beginning. Yeah. Not at the beginning of Genesis, but <laughs> in the beginning of the, the trajectory of our church and church in general, Christianity yeah. in general, religion in general. I think folks back then were sincere in what they were doing. Right. They thought, I, I cannot... The intent was positive. Yeah, yeah, I think the motivation, the intent was in the right place. Mm-hmm. But just because in the right place doesn't mean that it'll get you the results that are right, you know, or biblical or godly or heavenly or spiritual or, or affirming, that, you know, in, in the sense of satisfying someone's um, internal quest for spirituality and faith. So, I, you know, because I, I, I dare not point the finger at them because if I was back then in the sense of in leadership back then, I probably would have responded the same way with the right intent. But the yeah. right intent can still kill people, can still de- destroy people, can still offend people, can still quench their spiritual thirst, as happened. Now, the other thing is I, I want to say, those people that were hurt during that period, they also were sincere. Right. You know, they really felt that they could not grow and develop in that kind of a system. So mm-hmm. they looked for a place where they can, because they were still seeking God. Right. Right. And still are, many of them. Uh, but I think they were sincere also in leaving. So the problem is not, is, it is not the, 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 the people of the past that were in leadership or the people that were even injured. There's that, that, that space in between there that is what is it caused people then to either look away from God, look away forever. I still think they have a quest for spirituality and faith, but mm-hmm. now the structure of religion doesn't fit to what they think God is. Or it almost becomes a barrier, I guess, for them, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I think that's the, the definition of, of dogma anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's so strict. There's no flexibility. It doesn't smudge the lines. It's, it is or it isn't. You know, the, the, whatever the topic is, it is or it isn't. It's, 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 it's white or black. It's red yeah. light or green light. There's no yellow light in between. It actually there. reminds me a little bit of the stories that we constantly hear in, in the Gospels, the, the, the constant... Uh, conflict between Jesus and the Pharisees, right? Correct. The Pharisees were very, I mean, also you know Judaism and 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 you know Old Testament. There's a lot of dogma and rules yeah. back then for sure. So sure. That's a, there's a little bit. I mean, I'm, there's a lot more we can unpack there. But it's reminding me of that as you're talking. About but, it. but you're right on target. That's why we we have to be careful not to point a finger at anyone, e- even ourselves, because you know. It, it is not just exclusive to Christianity. It is mm. not just exclusive to Judaism or, or, or Muslim or whatever. It's part of the human condition, our quest to, you know, to reach out to God. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks they have a patent and a copyright on truth, but no, yeah. God would not do that. He would not deposit truth, absolute truth, you know, in any particular religious um, uh, system. I'm trying not to say religion, but in any system, system right, yeah. you know, and, but some people feel that they have, you know, the, the, we only the full gospel, the complete truth. I don't think anyone has that. I really don't. There's still, you know, soft spots in there. But the danger is dogma causes people to dig their heels in and no, I've got I know the way. I know the way it's going to be. And meanwhile, they don't stop for a moment to, you know I, I, I think about the guy on the cross, right? We're we're in Lent right now, and the guy that um 
the Lord tells him, today you will be with me in paradise. Hmm. The guy was up up there, obviously, because he was a criminal. He was a obviously. Criminal. Yeah. He's, he was he's, guilty of something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, he was as dirty with sin as you can be dirty with sin. Hmm. Yet the Lord, and then the religious condition of that time is actually what brought him to be crucified there as well. Because mm-hmm. remember, back then, the politics and the religion were tightly mixed. Yeah. So even Jesus himself, you know, it was he was a religious leader, but the, the the religious leaders, in a way, technically didn't crucify him. It was a political system. Right. I would argue that it's a combination of both that ended up becoming the the, the judge and juror for uh, and and uh, an executioner for Jesus. But the guy on the cross had no no discipleship training, did not get baptized in water, all of that, and yet the Lord, and big lesson to be learned. And this, those that little exchange there. That's a big lesson to be learned about how we treat individuals, you know. The other guy was just looking out for himself, really. Right. That's what he was looking at. And then he he blamed Jesus in a way. He says, you know, you, you're so powerful. Why don't you get yourself out and get out, get out too? That's kind of like a blaming thing, right? Hmm. Meanwhile, the other guy was ushered in immediately. I think we have to learn a lesson from that, that oftentimes because of our own expectations, because of what we think is spirituality or the power that we give to religion and religious thought and religious dogma rather than rescue a life would condemn them. You yeah. know, would condemn them. I think that's a great example of the, the the criminal on the cross. His salvation was not hinged on his religious dogma because he clearly did not have any. Um, but there was, I mean, I still, I don't want to completely, um, you know, uh, uh, put a bad light on dogma either right because it is it it's can helpful. be a guidance yeah, it, it, it helps us uh uh it, it well I, I guess in a perfect world it should cause spiritual growth it shouldn't hurt it so and clearly there was some element of dogma for that person on the cross i mean he did believe in god i mean that you can say that's part of a a, a foundational belief with christianity right he recognized jesus as a savior right right and that was the key really right. to his salvation right so uh, maybe we can explore a little bit of the positive side, I guess, yeah, of yeah. structure, but I guess, and then kind of segue into this balance that we, I think we need to have. It, it, it's when we say, this is, this is it. This is the rule right now. Mm. You know, everything else is out. It's like when a, when a Trinitarian, someone that believes in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that this is it, right? Mm. I'm Trinitra- Trinitarian, right? Or the person that says, no, it's only Jesus. Jesus is the only one, right? That's mm. how we baptize people. And when we say, that's it, you know. We're, we're skirting very closely to dogmatic thinking, you know, and I'm not saying be a t- Trinitarian or be a Jesus only person. I'm not saying any of that. Or, you know, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just confronting the mechanism that instead of drawing people to God, actually strays people away from God. And we as religious leaders, myself as a religious leader, we cannot just discard those people. Something happened, and what happened there is back to the one of the topics you mentioned earlier is religion. Religion is man-made. Religion started out nicely, you know, and it's, it's this quest to know God and to know, um, you know, something larger than myself. That's the human quest. It's still alive today. Um, but that's why I think in the, in the Proverbs it says, you know, we have to be quick, uh, slow to slow to answer. Sometimes mm-hmm. people ask questions, and some questions are not black and white, on and off, you know, uh, Red and green. Uh, some questions are, are 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 there to be pondered. Yeah, you know, to be pondered, and 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 so oft, so often we go too too quickly to answer someone's question, or we don't really understand where the question is coming from. You know, because that's another thing. You know, what what brings the person to that kind of, of question? You look at the thing of uh, 
uh, you know, people saying, well, well, why is there so much evil in the world? And why is it so terrible? You know, right now we have this, these stories happening in the news and all that of people that they aren't, they aren't just bad. They aren't just criminal. They're just downright evil. Yeah. I mean, where, what kind of God will allow that kind of stuff, right? That's a question. The answer to that question, we shouldn't jump too quickly to answer it. Yeah. And because when we jump too quickly to answer it, we're probably being dogmatic. Because mm. there's some, when you go to the doctor, right? Sometimes the doctor thinks that he knows what's wrong with you, but we better run some tests first. Yeah. <laughs> right? So he'll put you through a battery of tests. It'll take a few weeks before they actually land on what the, the problem is and how to remedy it. Same thing happens with our, you know, philosophical thinking and our religious thinking that we're sometimes too quick to answer and we should just hold off for a moment. And I, I know I'm giving the impression to some people listening to us that I'm opening the door very wide to, for you to believe whatever you're going to believe. No, I have some beliefs that I have in my life, some values, and that's because you, can, you cannot operate successfully and effectively in life unless you have a system of values that drive you, Yeah, you know? And they may be particular to you and your context, right? But they've been thought through and they apply into your life, right? So I'm not opening the door here for let's do whatever we want to do. I'm trying to, I believe it or not, I'm, I'm looking at how do we reach those people that legitimately in their mind were hurt, yeah, you know, and carry church injuries. It's not God. That God, God is too loving. Yeah. He, he's and not, not everything is black and white. That's what I'm hearing from you, like right. as far as, um, you know, I think we're, we've, we've pretty much established this idea that being too focused on strict rules and strict adherence to very specific dogma can limit um, questioning things and, and exploring possibilities um, because there are shades of gray. Not every single thing is black and white. Not every single situation has a very clear like, oh, no, that's the exact reason why it happened. It's like, no, let's keep a bit of an open mind here and understand that God is bigger than our dogma and religion. Yeah. And, and, I, and you know, again, not blame him. It, it, right. If he wanted to get you, he could. Mm. <laughs> you know, if he wanted to confuse you, he could. If he wanted to squash you, he could. But um, he's not the one doing the squashing and the confusing. It's oftentimes voices that are around us that we, that, that also the collateral is trusted. So people that we initially trusted all of a sudden, mm. they say some things that don't, don't make sense to me. I can't just salute and say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, because it's, it's unsettled. I'm still unsettled. And that's okay. Being unsettled is fine. Yeah. You know, you can't stay there forever. You know, uh, but it, when you go to a moment of, of, you know, doubt, doubt is not sinful. Unbelief is what's going to take you to, you know, to toward destruction, but doubt is not, you know, and there are many things in life that are doubtful. But, you know, the other thing, too, um, this applies to many, many areas of our life. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go back to some current events things. You know, this whole thing with the, the, the guy, I forget his name right now, that, that, that killed his wife, killed his son. Murdoch. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, and when I was li watching the um, one of the documentaries and reading some of that, uh, I was noticing that people were afraid because that's a, f a powerful family. Yeah. So it stifles our own creativity and mm. our own growth because mm. here is people seeing wrong through the years, seeing you know abuses really, um, uh, seeing the the. Uh, the effects of privileged over under unprivileged people, and I'm talking about they, they were a wealthy family and all that, and then all of a sudden the public seeing this, yeah, they would say, "No, I can't say anything because this is a small town, 
Right, I heard right. that over and over, right? That family, they've been here over 100 years in this county, and they've always, you know, they, they're too powerful. They'll destroy all of us, yeah. you know? If you become their enemy, that's really because we, we assign also to politics and we also assign to um, other interactions this dogmatic way of thinking, and what it does, it paralyzes us from moving forward. Mm. You know, the guy, the, back to the guy on the cross, he could have followed the same track that the other guy was taking. Yeah, yeah, he just said, take us down. You have the power, take us, right? Yeah. But then he he backed away and did what was unconventional, which is then right from the, he looked like a criminal, acted like a criminal. You know, he was a criminal. Yeah. And yet he responded in a way yearning toward a connect. He, he had to distance himself from the cross and the scenery at that moment and look at the man in the middle that told him today you're going to be, I, I saw a guy talking, a commentary, I laughed because it, it was true. And he said, he said, you know, I wonder when the guy got up, because obviously he got to heaven right away. When he got up there, he says, how did you get here? Aren't you the criminal? Well, you know, we, we know, what are you doing here? Did you, you know, you finished your discipleship class? You, you, were, know? Go, you were going to hell a second ago. Yeah, what just happened? What are you doing here? <laughs> and then the preacher uses it. I loved it because the way he said it, then he stops and he lowers his voice. And then he says, um, the guy in the middle cross, he invited me. Mm. So I mean, like that took everything else out of the way, yeah, and really personalized it. And so it isn't, you know, to 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 the precious brothers and sisters that are listening to me and people, it 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 um, you know, it, it wasn't God. It was somebody, and I don't want to say malintended, mm-hmm. but you know, they shouldn't have said what they said, did what they did, you know, imposed what they imposed. Um, but not God. God's God's not out to get us or hurt us. If he wanted to, he had all the reason to squash us, and yet he doesn't. So, disagreement is not condemnation. Let's dive into this idea of how dogma can uh, can impact people to the point where it causes so much division and conflict that it makes people feel like you know what? If you're not adhering to these strict beliefs, that's it. You you to my, in my eyes, you are just completely. You're almost like Satan himself, <laughs> and you're not worthy, and 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 you can't go to church. You can't like you just you're completely lost. And sometimes it ends up on the other side, justifying some really egregious things. Um, you know, I think about the example of the Protestant Reformation, right? With uh, that was a very big deal. That was a big uh, uh, uh thing of that Martin Luther did that went against very strict dogma and changed world history as we know it, as far as Christianity goes, at least. Um, can we dive a little bit into that? I know that was very big, came into it hot, <laughs> but let's dive into it. Yeah, because that that's, you know, what, what it does, I think it, people cannot handle critical thinking. Mm. And, you know, they really can't. You have to, if you, and then if I, like you mentioned, if I disagree with you on this point, then everything else is 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 gone too. Yeah. You know, there may be nine things that we've, we've, we, uh, we agree on, but this one thing is so important to me you know, back again, I mean, I don't want to circle back to the last podcast, but back again to women in ministry with that topic. Or yeah. in the case of Jesus, too. How can you be the son of God? How can you be the son of God? Come on, give me yeah. a break. You know, they, there's no way. How can you be the Messiah and you're born in a manger? How can that be? You know, and you're dying. How can you be? That's, that is not what mm. my frame of work of mine has. And I, so I think it's a very, very powerful statement that disagree, disagreement, you know, it, when we disagree with some, that, that's not condemning the person. That should not result in the person being cast out or, or, or condemned. Yeah. You know, there, there are other things that we could look at. And if we're only going to be surrounded by people that agree with me and everything, that's going to be a very lonely life, even with people around you, mm. because, you know, you have this thing that we have to agree on all 
life is not that way. You know, in marriage, it's not that way. In family relationships, it isn't that way. But yet we expect in the spiritual world that it's that way. These are the things. Why? Why don't you believe that? And by the way, there are religions today that are that way. They, they, you know, they have their set rules and you, and you have to abide by them. There's going to be a lot of surprises because, again, God, God doesn't subscribe to any one religion. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you talk about a God, 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 God tolerates our own disagreements. He doesn't give up with us, right? It's amazing. Yeah. And yet we, his creation, all of a sudden have these things around it that we just cut people off and move them over. And, and then, you know, they just weren't mature enough. That's why they had to leave. That's why they cut us off. And it's like crazy. Yeah. I, um, I can't help but think about, I mean, this might be a little bit too much for this episode, but <laughs> I can't help but think about, no, the, the oh. kind of like this, uh, uh, I'm thinking about the political culture of, of America yeah, you know, yeah, and, 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 um, you know, I, I hate to say it, um, because it's going to sound like a blanket statement and I definitely don't have that point of view. And I know you don't as well, but you know, there is this reputation, for example, with Republicans, um, abortion is a big dogmatic <laughs> thing right. for them. Right. But ironically, um, uh, caring for people's lives when they're already born and growing and, right. you know, providing their needs. So it's, it's you know, uh, it, the idea of um, every child has the right to be born, but also every child has a, the right to thrive and be healthy and sure. have food and have a shelter. And um, those issues for the Republican Party are not quite um, aggressively approached as they are with something like so, their dogmatic belief when it comes to abortion. I, I, I yeah. And I think the challenge and the pressure is on everyone else. Like for, for me, what I do is I, I won't dive into a subject unless I understand it, even if I don't agree with it. So on that point or many other points, you know, uh, um, I, I want to be able to, you know, like like this whole debate. In other words, we're talking about the, the public square issues, mm-hmm. right? Uh, immigrants and all of that stuff going on. Uh, regardless of where you fall, don't fall too quickly on one side of the fence or the other. Also, don't define yourself too quickly on what what group you're going to join, if you will, in yeah. the parade. Step back and learn. You know, read and study what is, what is the debate here. And you look at you look at immigration in this country. It's a very complex issue. Yeah. You know, somewhat somewhat really straightforward, but uh, but you know, for dogmatic reasons, it is ignored. You know, um, uh, and there are many, many issues. I mean, I'm, I'm so tempted to dive in with you in the conversation, but I'm holding <laughs> yeah. back so that, you know, because uh, I want to try and stay it on the same subject. But we have to be able to to understand the issues, even if we don't agree with them. Yeah. And that's what takes us is, you know, we, we're not going to agree, but at least I understand why you say this, why you're coming from that point of view, um, whether, you know, whether it's abortion or not, because then you can intelligently and prayerfully also approach some kind of common ground or some way to you know you know to to get to the place it, and and it, it stops you from punishing like on the issue of abortion uh, the, the move right now is to punish women that get mm. abortions is to punish organizations that perform uh, abortions is to punish doctors that, that 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 isn't the way to go yeah. I mean, which goes back to the whole point of disagreement yes. is not condemnation. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, because yeah. condemnation means I'm going to aggressively try to get rid of you, right? You know, and and that is not. I don't think that's that's certainly not the way of God. Right. Now that might be the way, like you know, back to dogmatic religious groups, it might be their way of doing it. You mm-hmm. know, 
Um, we have to destroy them because they're they're you know they're evil, they're demonic or whatever it might be, or they disagree with us. They, they this country is going downhill or whatever. The the society is being flushed down. We need to stop for a moment and look. Like right now, the banking problem is happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With all these banks are, are collapsing, and now yeah. there all this fear is being spread around the nation, and people are panicking, and you know, and really. They might it might be valid to panic, but well, hold on, let's let's look at this for a moment. What really happened? Can it really have that kind of repercussion? Absolutely, it can. But let's not be emotional in how we move forward. COVID, the whole thing with COVID, and the two plus years that we were dealing with that, and yeah. people were on either sides, and they were, you know, uh, I, I really believe unnecessary deaths took place. But that didn't mean whether you're vaccinated or not, masks or not, let's stop for a moment, not react emotionally, and let's look at whatever information we have at hand then. Because mm. now we know differently, but back then, and then you make you know decisions that correspond to the dialogue and the discourse publicly. Um, but we're too quick to um, take sides. We really are. Yeah, We're really too quick. And I'm talking about not just evangelicals, not just Christians, but the humanity in itself, which is just too quick to take sides. And we don't even know what we're fighting for oftentimes. Yeah. You know, we really don't. I think that's, I mean, the, the, the takeaway I'm hearing here is, you know, don't, don't be so um, strict at following, you know, certain rules and, and belief systems at the expense of losing relationships. Right now, you know, what we're talking about big picture with the political climate, cultural climate, you know, we're talking about big divisions between people and cultures, right? And but bringing it back to the personal experience that we're trying to focus on, right? With specifically religion and our experience with God, and you know, we've we've kind of framed this whole episode as what's God's religion because there, you know, there are a lot of strong, very very strong points of view on religion and what belief system you're supposed to be. Honestly, even in your church, I've definitely experienced people come up to me. So, so what uh, what denomination are you guys? Yeah, you know, yeah. and and yeah. I, you know, I can give a very clear <laughs> answer, but I typically say we believe in Jesus. Right. We we believe in a relate an authentic relationship with Jesus. That's what we're trying to do here. Right. You know, and that's very broad and, and some people may get frustrated because that's what they're used to um, you know, adhering to in order to determine what church they're they're part of. But, you know, bringing it back to that that personal experience, you know, for people who are genuinely pursuing a you know, spiritual growth. They don't have any answers yet. They don't even know what religion to follow just yet. Um, how do they, how do they navigate you know, and 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 also, like you said, you know, uh, the inspiration for this episode. How do they also uh, manage those past experiences that they've had at religious institutions? Well, I think what what this podcast can hopefully do is to clarify for people what I stated earlier. It God is not out to get you. He he's not the one that causes confusion, this injury. It's it's human beings mm. using their philosophy, their religious beliefs, their dogma. And and you and and we allow that answer that they gave to Marcus, right? I believe back, you know, back, I have to be very pastoral on this one that the intentions were not to hurt you, but then, but the hurt is there, right? You know, well intended. You know, the person didn't mean to pull the trigger, but they pulled it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah, and you're the, dead. The damage is done. <laughs> damage yeah. is done. You can't call the bullet back. Right. So, um, and I hate, you know, I'm never been past it. That's why I use that example. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't think of anything farming <laughs> in that regard. Yeah, right. Um, um, yeah, so we, we have to get away from trying to lay blame mm. on anyone and understand that it's part of the human condition. And I'm not soft on this. I know I'm sounding that way. I'm not. I'm trying to reconcile for for some folks listening to us, that God is not the, to blame here. Uh, in fact, blame may be the wrong even word to use. 
because uh, people in between you and God, the religious institutions, the dogma, the theology that was there, that's man-made. It's going to be flawed, you know. But everybody thinks they have a patent on on how to get you to heaven, you know, and how to get you to live right. And and I don't think anyone does, you know. You you follow what God reveals of Himself to you, and you follow that in your life as best you can. Um, and as genuinely as you can, understanding that, that the ultimate judge of you of you is God, you know, but you have to make a decision. You can't just, you know, continue to point the finger at him. And, and I believe that, you know, every vehicle, like, for example, I, why am I following my tradition and my religion? Not perfect at all, but, you know, even with that, I, I feel that I can even pose the questions, if you will, because, you know, I, I am the pastor of the church. I can pose the questions and even you know, submit my answer to, to that question. I try not to be aligned in one. There's certain things that I do not, um, you know, that I will not acquiesce. Some things that I will not acquiesce, you know, the, the image of God in every individual, everybody has the image of God. So we got to treat them with dignity and with respect. I believe that's very biblical. That's what the Lord would want to cover people with love, you know, uh, and, and exude love toward them before we, we try to, you know, be judgmental on their lives. I think that's a value that God wants us to have. And that's just a few. I mean, we'll have to have a whole session on that, just that alone. But um, there's folks out there that have been hurting, and we have to realize that, that you know, we, we just did. No one has the patent on righteousness, and we just have the guy. You know, I think about it, too, and I have to go back to the scene of the guys on the cross there, right? So what the, the guy that said, when the Lord told him today, you will be with me in paradise, he went to heaven as a Christian, as an evangelical Christian? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, right? <laughs> what was his religion? Well, if he had to fill out a government form, what was his religion? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, I mean, I think that speaks loudly of the mm. way God looks at things. And the other guy, the other guy goes condemned as a, as a horrible sinner and rejecting the, 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 the Roman road to, to, mm. to salvation when the Roman road to salvation was not even thought of there at the cross. Yeah. You know, so, so I think we, we need to just, and that, by the way, that, that's not deep thinking. That's, I think, critical human thinking. Yeah. Those were human beings there. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said to the guy, you know, we don't know. He might, when they were nailing the guy to the cross, the, Lord, the one the Lord told him, today you will be me in paradise. When they were nailing him to the cross and whipping him, he might have been cursing up a storm. Mm. And two seconds later, the Lord's telling him, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, I'm not saying a license to, pre, to, to curse everybody that you want. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying let's be very realistic in the way we look at the way Jesus would look at things. He saw someone that was worthy of heaven. He says, of paradise. He says, today, not tomorrow. Let's not, you know, well, by the way, I know a local church you can subscribe to in Jerusalem, right? Just get it back inside the wall of Jerusalem. And right there on, on, on Lonely Street, there's a church that you can go to and start your discipleship classes. No, right there. Because our striving for the eternal is not on mechanisms and systems. It's on relationship. Mm. That's what it's about. Yeah, There are no corners or rooms in heavens for Presbyterians, for Methodists, for whatever. There is just none of that. That question is not even going to be asked. Mm. It's on relationship. And we need to keep that in the forefront of our mind as we move forward. Yes, we belong, because if we don't have a system, right, we'll do crazies. And even with a system, we do crazy. The structure helps with self-discipline and things like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, a building is built to code. The elevator is built to code. There's a structure and approvals that are done to make that elevator safe. But once the elevator takes me to my floor 
and I go into my apartment, I do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> right? The structure is irrelevant. Right. Right? Yeah. So we have to realize structure has its place. It takes us from here to some place. But along the way, there's also some flawed buildings that are built. There's also some elevators that have lost their breaking mechanism and go crashing through, you know, to the bottom, the basement floor. You know where those are. It's okay to, you know, you may be going to a destination and maybe your car now is obsolete, the car being the religious tools that were used by man to get you to that destination. Maybe it's time to get off and get into a, an electric car <laughs> or take my transit. I'm using that metaphorically to get to the destination. God is not out to get you to get me. God is not out to prove us wrong. God is not out to unleash his wrath. He did that to Christ. And we're, again, we're in Lent approaching Holy Week. That's what the whole event of the cross is about. The, what, what we should have been punished with, God transferred it over to Jesus. And we can, we, can, we, can, we can receive that, not through the dogma, the religious teachings. That helps to a degree. It really is to relationship. There's going to be a surprise in heaven when all these people that followed religion all of a sudden found out that they didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Hmm. What are they going to do? You know? So, I mean, that's my, my thinking along, along this area um, with, um, with religion. It has its place. It has its function. It's, it is not. God does not belong to any religion, neither did Jesus. You know, um, I wonder if he would call it even Christianity. When they, later in the book of Acts, when they ended up becoming, the church was established, and it went to be called what it was called. Yeah. Um, but we have to call it something. We have to have some system that will get us through, you know. Yeah. That that that's great, and I think that's a good good place for us to start concluding this episode. Any other final thoughts from you, Doctor Mark? You know what I'm re you know what I'm discovering that that uh, and with these podcasts, every time we get to the end, there's like I almost feel like there's uh, there's so much more that we can we can touch base. Even though I don't see the audience, I feel sometimes <laughs> that there's a there's a I am touching somebody's heart. Hmm. You know, not me. You know, the words I am stirring somebody. So I almost feel like I want, we should go and, and do another one right away. <laughs> so, but no, no, no. Uh, I think this is very healthy. I think this is very good. Um, and I hope that our audience is receiving the love, uh, uh, which motivates us to even put this together and spend the time to do this. And it's not a burden. It's actually a, a good exercise for all of us as well. So I want to thank the people to, from listening and stay tuned. Stay tuned for the next one. Yeah. And thank you, Dr. Mark, again, for, for taking time to, to have these discussions, I know some of them are, you know, can be a bit challenging, and um, also some of these topics we address don't even we we actually don't even get to a very clear black and white answer sometimes. But that's that's part of the process. These are organic conversations we're having, and I I, I agree with you. I do I do believe that there are you know the things that we're talking about resonates with some of our listeners we're le they're learning something from this, and if they are, I really hope that they continue to listen, continue to subscribe to your blog and, and, and things like that. Um, this was great. Thank you again, Dr. Mark Rivera. Thank you. Thank you.